Today on the B-Side, we're going to be talking about understating church membership and everything that it entails. Welcome to the B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. So, welcome to the B-Side. I am Vince, as always, and I'm here with Matt. We still haven't had a guest yet, but maybe in the future. I'm not sure yet. We really ought to work hard on that. We should. Get that scheduled. But today, like I said in the intro, we're going to be talking about uh, understanding church membership. And I think this is one of those things um, where the generation before us, church membership was a little more country clubbish. If you were here regularly, you became a church member. Um, Not a lot required of you, um, at least in a real formal sense. But I've noticed, at least in the new emerging churches, that might be a dirty word for some people, emerging church, but in the newer churches that are trying to do things a different way, church membership has really become very important. Yeah, and I, and I think to clarify, and I, I don't want to, I want to be careful because, because I, I don't want to throw stones and I don't want to be, um, I don't want to say things that, that are uh, hard to get along with. Um, and, and actually, Vince, you know me well enough to know that's probably a lie. Um, I don't mind being hard to get along with, but I want to be hard to get along with for a purpose, right? So I, I don't want to just um, irritate folks uh, for no reason. But, but I think one of the things that's true is that what you're seeing today isn't necessarily a difference between older generation and more um, younger churches or churches that are trying to get back to basics. But I think what you're seeing is a difference between mainline denominations and maybe uh, more non-denominational mm-hmm. or evangelical yeah. churches. Yeah. Uh, because I think there is a generational component uh, to mainline denominations where you, you um, are Lutheran, or you mm-hmm. are Catholic, or yeah. you are Methodist, or you are um, some of these things, Presbyterian, whereas uh, in non-denominational churches, they become a little bit more personal with the yeah. church. And, and so uh, as a guy that's not Methodist, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Catholic, so I, I take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, but you're from a Reformed background, so maybe that resonates more with you. Yeah, I, I think just part of it is um, kind of that family-ish feel, like I'm born into membership sure. almost. And, and I think if you really look back through church history, this concept of non-denominational churches is very young. And, and so when you're a non-denominational church, you have to kind of differentiate yourself. Um, you don't want to be a non-denominational church that's actually a Baptist church. Um, and so you take things a little bit more serious, especially when it comes to membership. Non-denoms are, the, door is, the front door is wide open, but the membership door is typically closer and a little tighter because you want to know who, who's coming. You want to know that they're committed. Yeah, and I think that's a great um, analogy. It's a great way to think of it that, yeah, we, we have, as at Blessed Hope Church, our, our understanding and our policy and our philosophy of ministry and the way we do church is to understand that, yeah, the front door is huge. And, and it's open to everyone. We want everyone to come and experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want everybody to come and participate in worship. And um, I don't care who you are, uh, in, unless you are here to do harm to someone, right. um, you are welcome to be here uh, on a Sunday morning or a, a, an evening when we're open for activities and worship or whatever it is. But to become a committed covenant member of the shirt, 
the church. I don't know why I said shirt. Of the sh- we're a Blessed Hope shirt, and uh, we're open on Sundays <laughs> at 9.30. There you go. I don't know anything about that. But to, be, <laughs> to become a committed member of the church, there, that's better, um, I, we narrow that door. Mm-hmm. We narrow the door of membership, like you say, because uh, we take membership to be seriously. And that's, again, that's not to say that other churches don't, right. um, but, but rather than focus on, on what, what other churches do and don't do, we, we take membership to be so seriously mm-hmm. that there are people that will come to our membership classes that, frankly, we will discourage from pursuing membership. And then, unfortunately, there have been times where we've had to say to people who have uh, pursued membership, you know, I'm sorry, but at this time, membership is not for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want you to be here at the church, but membership isn't for you because there's things that need to be dealt with first. Yeah, and and so one of the reasons why this topic came up is we're in the middle of a series called Understanding Church. Um, And for us, we've been, uh, we have a reading list that we like to have. My goal is 12 books, yours is 24. Sure. I don't know what Malia's is, but I just... Uh, I'm starting a book called I Am a Church Member, and, and we're constantly trying to read things and trying to understand things, how we can teach them. So instead of kind of dancing around church membership, what does uh, covenant commitment or church membership look like here at our church for people that don't know? Yeah, so, so we, we talk about uh, a covenant membership, covenant commitment, uh, and we always teach about a covenant like it's, frankly, like it's similar to marriage. You know, the way that we teach about marriage here at Blessed Hope Church is, is to say that when you enter into marriage, you do so with the understanding that this is a permanent, committed, covenant relationship. It's not one that we break easily. We don't believe in something like no-fault divorce. Uh, the Bible has given us a couple of clear times when, when breaking that covenant commitment in marriage is acceptable. Um, sexual infidelity or abandonment. And really, that's it. Uh, and so that's what we teach. And so when you enter into a marriage relationship, you are entering into it for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. You are committed to it. And, and we look at church membership to be very much the same. Uh, when you enter into church membership, that you are committed to the church and the church is committed to you. In fact, what happens is you become the church. Mm. And so we're committed to ourselves to, to stay healthy and stay focused and to be on mission and um, we just, it, it's a serious thing. It's almost the, the oneness in marriage, you know. Mm-hmm. You're two people, the, commi- the covenant happens, and really, you're supposed to be, become one flesh. Uh, right. So, and, and there's times, I mean, l- I mean let's be realistic, there, there's times that you have to break that covenant commitment in church membership. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you move away. Okay, well, if, if, you, if you leave the church because you've, you've went to college and you've graduated and you've moved away, well, okay, you know, it's time yeah. for you then to enter into that covenant commitment somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also times when, because we're part of a covenant community, that, that we say, hey, we need to stick this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might mean that, uh, you know, the worship music doesn't look like I like it. Hey, yeah. you're part of a covenant community here that's on mission. It's mm-hmm. time to stick that out. You might say, you know what? I wish that, uh, that, that Pastor Matt would, would uh, button up his shirt and tuck it in. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I get that. But you know what? You're part of a covenant community here that's on mission. Yeah. And those aren't reasons why we break our covenant. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, a list of the things we looked at the covenant commitment that people sign when they're up here on stage. Mm-hmm. And we just have a, a, a quick list of things that are mentioned on that as commitments from the person and then also commitments from 
the church and the leadership of the church. Sure. So you want to just kind of run through yeah. some of those, and we can pause where we need to and can go by when we yeah. need to. Yeah, I think, so, so the first thing that when somebody enters into covenant community with the church, they want to be a covenant member, is they are making a covenant commitment to be in prayer for the church. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things that, that come with that. One is they're, they're just committing to be in prayer. Uh, and so that means they're praying uh, for their family and, and for the people in their lives and for their ministry and for their outreach. But specifically with the church, they are praying for their pastor and elders. I mean, I will tell you that one of the things that I desperately desire uh, is uh, prayer warriors who have committed as covenant members of the church to be lifting me up in prayer. Um, you know, not, not that this needs to be the Matt Saab story or anything, but this can be a lonely job. Yeah. This can be a hard job, um, telling the truth in the face uh, of a culture that, that wants to deny truth and, uh, and saying things to people that, that, that might hurt a little bit, but not because I'm angry or mad, but because I love them and I want them to know truth. Like those, those things um, weigh heavily on me. And yeah. Satan is quick to, to push against. And so I love when I have church members that say, you know what, I am praying for you mm-hmm. and I'm lifting you up. And, yeah. and it just, it means a lot to me. One of the, the biggest encouragements that I've had kind of in the last couple of months is we had some uh, church members who went on vacation, really long vacation. Yeah. And uh, right before they left, and even while they were on vacation, they were sending me emails asking me, Hey, what can we be praying for you for? We're on vacation, we're relaxing, uh, but we don't want to be relaxing in the fight for our faith and the fight that is waging back home. And so we want to be yeah. praying for you. What can we be praying for? Yeah, I got some of those emails too and some of those text messages. I got to tell you, th- there is nothing more encouraging than that, mm-hmm. uh, than, than having somebody say, you know what, I am interceding for you and lifting you up. And so that's, that's part of what you're agreeing to. I mean, honestly, so we're talking about it like that's something special. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, it is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And not just Matt, uh, or Vince, or Malia, or staff at the church, but um, praying for our elders, yep. uh, praying for the ministries that we provide, praying for the people that we minister to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love it if people in our covenant community were committed to praying um, daily for our Easter service and our Easter mm-hmm. outreach and for the lives that we can potentially impact and the people that we can touch and the visitors that are going to be invited. Yeah. There's so many things to be praying for. And one of the things that makes you a covenant member of the church is your willingness and your, um, you're actually following through with prayer for the body. Yeah, so that kind of leads into the second point uh, of support. You're supportive of leadership mm-hmm. within the church. And I think that can, people can get all kinds of different uh, ideas about that. What we're not saying is you're supportive of abusive relation, or leadership. You know, if there's a leader in the church that is um, abusing their power or bully pulpiting a, a meeting that you're a part of, um, we're not saying that you support those kinds of leaders. But what are we talking about when we say supporting leaders? Yeah, I think when we talk about supporting leaders, what we're, what we're really talking a lot about um, is that we're giving them, one, the encouragement that we talked about with, with our, our couple that was on vacation, but two, it's the following where they lead mm. uh, and, and uh, giving them uh, the ability 
uh, to lead and giving them encouragement and, and being obedient to the point where they're asking you to be obedient to Scripture. Mm. Okay, and, and so, here's, so here's one of the ways that I would say that. And I, just as a side note, Hebrews 13 uh, talks a lot about that, about remember your leaders uh, who speak the Word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. Mm. Follow what they do, and that's to your benefit when we, yeah. when we follow leaders that way. But but I think one of the things that we, that we understand with leaders is that a lot of times what we're putting on our elders and pastors is to set vision for the church. That's mm-hmm. part of why they exist, is to lead the congregation in places where God has directed them to lead. And sometimes it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times people think, well, I'll follow the elders when there's something um, biblical, mm-hmm. but otherwise, I, if I don't like it, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, but when we set vision, so, so for example, you know, faith in action is a perfect example of, of something like this. We have that coming up in June. We just kind of been encouraging people to save the dates for that. And we'll be talking about that at a future podcast. But, but one of the things that we do is we say, hey, the elders are putting this vision, the vision of faith in action. It's our in-town mission trip where we, we're going to flood the community with the love of God, no strings attached, and we're going we're gonna to demonstrate what it means to love people like Christ loves people to the best of our ability uh, in that mission. And we put that in front of people, and you know what? One of the things that covenant members commit to doing is saying, you know what, I'm going to support the leadership in that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they don't agree that this is the best way for us to be on mission in the community. Uh, but the elders have prayerfully considered and they've studied and they've prayed and they've laid those plans before God and they're following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And, and so, you know what, maybe I'd rather not. Uh, sign up for faith in action. Maybe I'd rather go on vacation those three days, or I'd rather sit them out or do whatever. But you know what? The elders are beseeching, and, and they're following, and they're, and they're begging God to, to show us where to go, and then they're presenting that to the congregation, and they're leading with vision, saying, come here with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Covenant-committed members, go. Yeah, and I think for faith in action, we also have leaders that aren't elders that are involved in that planning. Yeah. And, and part of uh, supporting your leadership is showing up when they've gone ahead of you, done the legwork to get things prepared to make it easy for you to show God's love. And uh, I just, for, for our lay leaders, I just think, uh, how would they continue in leadership if they went through months and months of planning this and people didn't support them and didn't show up for faith in action? I mean, that, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like as a lay leader. Yeah, actually, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great understanding, too, because uh, it, it, it's a good clarification, because we look at that planning team for Faith in Action, now year three of this, and, and it has two elders um, on that team, and then seven lay leaders uh, from the church that have gotten passionate about this and, and want to lead out um, and, and lead the congregation. And so, yeah, there is something compelling about uh, seeing where someone has gone. I like the way you said that, gone ahead of you, prepared the way for you to show the love of Christ and following along. Yeah. So I want to combine the next two, uh, wisdom in living and then also studying God's word. I just think those are really crucial and also really connected. Yeah, you can't be a committed covenant member of the church that is not studying God's word. And you know, unfortunately what happens, uh, because we say the front door is wide open, come on in. A lot of times people come in and they're not committed yet. 
And so the time they get God's word is on Sunday morning, which is why we are hyper-biblical, which is why when we share on Sunday morning, you know, I'm not telling you what you want to hear necessarily, but I'm Mm -hmm. telling you what the word of God has to say in these areas of your life that are important. Because I know as a pastor that for some people, the only Bible they're getting is what I can give them on Sunday morning. Yeah. And here's what I'll say. That's an okay place to start. Mm-hmm. but it is not a place to live. Yeah. And if you are a committed covenant member of the church, you are saying, I know I need more and mm-hmm. I am digging in. And there's ways you do that. We dig in through small groups, signing up and getting plugged into yeah. small groups. Um, and, and that's great. But also just committing to every day, I'm going to open up the word and I'm going to look at it. And uh, Vince, I've got your Bible here in front of me. And, and, and it's, it's just, I, I can tell that this is something that you use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you pick it up and you read through it and, and you study it and you know. And there's a couple other things there. Uh, one of them is, is being plugged into small group, like I said. But the other is just simply this. You know, something that committed covenant members do is they show up on Sundays. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we know is true in our culture is that, and, and especially where the, the membership door is wide, is we say, all you have to do is show up every once in a while hear from the pastor, hear from, from, from the priest or the reverend or the whatever it is, yeah. and, and get your, your church in and yeah. then go and try to be a good person, and you're going to be okay. But what we know is that that's not what, that's not what this is about. When mm-hmm. we, we enter into covenant community here at the church, we're entering into real relationship, and we're entering into real life change. And, and our goal is not just to be fans of Jesus, but to be growing close to Jesus, to be followers and disciples. And you do that Mm-hmm. By getting in the word, by showing up at small group, and by being here at church on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I just think um, so many people are like that. They're once once every month, or once every other week. And, and I just I would encourage people that in what other area of your life, or would you accept that from your own children when it comes to school? If they only went to school every other week, yeah, or once one week out of a month, uh, that wouldn't fly. And no. they wouldn't be a good student. No. And, and, and that's why we tell people, you know, when we, when we enter into covenant membership, it's like, you know what? You are saying, when you say, I want to be a covenant member of this community, that you will be here mm-hmm. when you can be here. Look, people take vacations. There's right. no problem with that. People get sick. There's no problem with that. But think about this. Coming every other week means that as far as public gathering of worship, you've gone from 52 times in a year all the way down, just by saying I'm going to go every other week, all the way down to 26 times. Yeah. I mean, 26 times in a year. If you're saying, you know what, I want to be a member, a covenant committed member of this church community, and I love God above everything else, and I want to serve, and I want to grow, and I want to be a part of this, and, and, and yet you're saying, I'm good with, though, only engaging the church 26 times in a year. That says something about your commitment level. And so I know people miss, and there's good reasons to miss, but uh, showing up, opening up God's word, Mm -hmm. those things help transform you to to live the life that God's called you to live. Yeah, and I just want to make one more point on that. You go from 52 weeks, which is going to be approximately an hour and a half every week, down to 26, so now you're an hour and a half every other week. Um, But we talk about this with children, you know, we only get your kids for about 40 hours a, a year, and, and you 
can't expect us to make disciples in that short amount of time. That takes personal investment from a parent to disciple their kid. And the same thing is with your own personal walk. If you're only invested for, I don't know, 70 hours out of the year, um, I, I would say your, your Christian walk is going to be hurting. Um, so let's move on uh, to uh, sharing gifts. Uh, this was actually on our, our covenant membership like two or three different times. It was like share gifts, tithe, attendance, share gifts again. Um, so obviously sharing our gifts is really important. Yeah, and, and when we say share gifts, most people naturally think of the tithe. So I want to address that too. Uh, listen, if you call Blessed Hope your home church, um, you ought to be, and I know it's, it's not kosher for pastors to should and ought and must the congregation, but listen, I'm going to. If you call Blessed Hope home, you ought to be tithing. Uh, that is a biblical mandate to tithe. Uh, God didn't um, erase the tithe. It's not an Old Testament practice that doesn't translate. Uh, what God does is he says the tithe is actually the standard and then he encourages in New Testament for us to go above and beyond. And I know yeah. some people are thinking, man, I, I can't tithe. I can't tithe and pay my bills um, because we've made choices about the way to live. Yeah. And I get that that's difficult. But here's what I would encourage everyone to do. And I was there uh, as, a, as a young um, married man with, with three kids at home and trying to figure this out when Carrie and I decided, decided that we needed to start tithing, uh, mm -hmm. where you look at your budget and you literally can't. Um, yeah. But here's, here's the truth. We made the commitment to, mm -hmm. and we wrote that first check, yeah. and we started writing those checks, and we said, okay, God, we're going to be obedient to your word, and, and we're going to be ready to receive your blessings. And we didn't win the lottery. Mm -hmm. We didn't have um, you know, a death in the family that provided us millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will tell you this, money came from places we wouldn't have expected, mm -hmm. not so that we could live um, in opulence, but right. so that we could make our ends meet well. Um, and God provided me with extra income uh, mm -hmm. through work that I enjoyed doing at the time um, so that we could continue to tithe. And I have no doubt that God's providing that for our family um, had to do with our commitment to make it work. And so tithing is absolutely part of what you need to be doing if you call Blessed Hope home. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not all it means to serve right. your church or to share gifts with your church. The other thing about that is there are so many ministries that it takes to make Blessed Hope work. Um, and to work well, mm -hmm. and to be attractive in the community, and to earn the right to share the gospel with people, and to care for members here in the church. Mm -hmm. And so there is some place for people to get plugged in. Right. Whatever their gifts and ability and skills and passions are, there are things that we do to serve the body internally, and there are things that we do to serve the community as representatives of the church and the body and, and of Jesus Christ outside in the community. And so there is always a place to get plugged in. And I would say this, in, in a couple of weeks, we have a ministry fair after the service that's going to happen uh, on uh, March 25th, Palm Sunday, actually. So we'll have something going on right after the service with tables um, set up so that people can talk to, to leaders from different ministry teams and see what the needs are and places to get plugged in. But I, I'm going to be really clear about this. There is zero excuse for someone who is a covenant committed member of the church not to be involved in at least one significant ministry of the church. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to stress the word significant. Mm 
Yeah. Um, my wife, uh, and I don't do this because I'm, I'm up here on the stage every Sunday, but my wife um, serves in the nursery. She's on a nursery rotation, and right now it's once every eight weeks that she goes down and serves mm-hmm. in the nursery. I'm going to tell you this. She, she does that joyfully because she knows what that provides the body yeah. and visitors coming in to be able to have a place to take their, their little ones that is safe and secure where they can freely worship, and she does that gladly. But, but she wouldn't say to you that doing that once every other month or six times a year she would not tell you that that is her significant area of ministry to the church. Yeah. Um, she plugs in in other significant areas. Um, so there's a difference between here's my fair share responsibility and then here is my significant area of ministry. Yeah. And if you are a covenant member here, you ought to be plugged into a significant area of ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe it's a thing where you're passionate about something and we don't have that here. Oh, yeah. And, and so maybe you, you come in and talk to Matt, Malia, and I, and we say, hey, that's a great ministry. We want to help and support you with that. Um, that's not what we're great at, but we want to support you. So let's figure out what that would look like for you to start a, a ministry in that area. Yeah, and you know what? And, and that ministry can be through the church or it can be um, outside. Parachurch, yeah. yeah. Uh, for example, like uh, uh, we, we had some women here after a small group that, that decided, you know, prayer boxes mm-hmm. uh, in the community were the way to go. And, and they've taken it upon themselves to create and stock and check prayer boxes so that people in the community can drop their prayer cards in and can take resources. And they, they collect those prayer requests and they pray over them and, and, and they keep that running. That's a great ministry. The church wasn't providing it, but yeah. we, I mean, we're absolutely all on board with prayer. For sure. And so we can support them in that. And that's just a great, a great example. Yeah. So if you've made it this far in the podcast and you're like, man, they just keep beating me up with stuff that I should be doing as a church member, uh, this might be a little easier for you as a church member to hear what the church is committing to you in this covenant. Maybe we should have started with that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know um, either. But, but, but if you've made it this far, here's what we commit to you as a church. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great point because in, in, in a covenant commitment, there, there are responsibilities both ways. And one of the things that, that the church covenants uh, with, with our members is, is here's what we're going to do. We are going to stay biblical. Uh, we have a high view of Scripture. We are always going to have a high view of Scripture, and we are always going to err on the side of following Scripture. Right. So when community pressures come in, when cultural pressures come in, when uh, you know things about like, well, are, are we sure that we have to follow the Bible in that way? Are we sure that we can't tweak it a little bit? Are we sure we can't make it say something else? We are going to say, you know what? We view the Bible with such high authority. Yeah. This is God's word inspired by the Holy Spirit, preserved for us, inerrant in its original text so that we can have it and we can understand yeah. it, that we are going to say we will stay biblical, yeah. uh, and, and we won't waver on right. that. I, I just want to give a, a real quick example because I think uh, the way this works out is maybe different for, than people imagine. Uh, we had a community conversation a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and we were talking about sex and gender and sexuality and all that. And a question was raised, well, uh, are, how many genders are there? And, and the answer was there's two. And then there was some chuckling, like, oh, how ridiculous is it that people would think that there's more? And what I really appreciated was there were chuckles in the room, but you as a pastor said, whoa, 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 let's be biblical and, and let's not mock people. Yeah, Let's love them. Yeah, because biblical goes both ways, right? Right. Biblical means we stand on the truth of God's word, 
um, fully. So we stand on the truth of God's word that says we won't compromise what truth is. We won't say something is okay that's not okay. But at the same time, we're never going to be anything but loving and full right. of grace. And uh, there is this sweet tension. You mentioned the, the, the books that we try to read. And, and mm-hmm. one of my 24 for the year was a book called Messy Grace. Uh, it's a great book. If anybody um, wants to, to take a look at that, I would encourage you. But, um, you know, one of the things that the author Caleb talks about in the book Messy Grace is that there's this sweet tension for the, the true church between the grace of Jesus Christ and the truth of Jesus Christ, because he came in both grace and truth, and that's what we're called to be. So, yeah. All right, so we would just want to, we have, uh, I want to go over these three real quick, and, and you can chime in if you want, yeah. um, if I miss anything, but three of our, our really big principles here at church, our, our three big commitments, is that as the church leadership, we commit to drawing people in, and so uh, we never want to just say, hey, we got who we got, and we're just going to leave it that way. Uh, we know that there are more people in this community that need the gospel, that need Jesus. And so that's a commitment from the church that, hey, we're happy you're here, but we're still looking for the next uh, 50 people. We're still looking for the next 200. You know, we're still trying to grow. We're still trying to draw them in. Uh, another commitment is teaching. That goes along with staying biblical. But we commit to teaching those that are here. And, and so whether you're uh, here for the first time, you're here for the 700th time, you've been here since the beginning, uh, commitment is we're going to teach you and we want to grow you up. We want to mature you from where you're at. And, and the last commitment is uh, we're going to commit to sending you out in mission. And, and we want you to go out because part of that drawing, I mean, Matt, Malia, and I, we can do a lot of things, but we can't bring everyone in. We don't know everyone in Vinton, so we need the church to say, hey, I know somebody at work, or I know somebody, uh, for our teenagers, I know somebody at school that's struggling with fill in the blank. They really need to come to youth group and have an hour and a half of joy and hear God's word. Um, And so we commit to sending you out as missionaries as well. Did I miss anything? Yeah, you you didn't miss anything. I'd add, you know, not only do you and Malia and I not know everybody, um, but I think from a personal perspective, there are people that don't want to talk to me. Yeah. Um, either, either I've rubbed them the wrong way because we do stay committed to being biblical, and so they don't even want to know what I have to say, or just the idea that that guy's a pastor. I don't, I yeah. don't want to be around him. And it's a professional um, Christian. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I think you know, hearing from other people in the community, taking that seriously. But what you're talking about when you say draw, teach, and send, mm-hmm. you are just straight up talking mission of the church. Right. And, and and so I would just add this: the last podcast we did talked about the mission and how important the mission of the church is, and when you say that, yeah, we're glad you're here, but there's 50 more people out there. Yeah. You know what? When we look at, at good research, Barna research that tells us about committed Christians, not nominal in name Christians, but committed followers of Christ, born again believers that, uh, that are sold out and surrendered to the God of the universe. We're talking um, 15-ish, maybe 20% of the population. Mm-hmm. That means for every 10 people out there, we got at least eight that need to know Jesus. And so it's never short selling you to say, hey, we're glad you're here, but we are glad you're here because you were one of those people that we were desperate to reach, but you are here now, which means you are becoming part of the mission to go out and get the rest of them because hell is real Mm -hmm. and salvation is available and it matters. And I think one of the things, uh, just so that people that listening can get a picture of this, 
is we've counted up all the churches in Vinton, mm -hmm. and we've said, okay, if the, Vinton is 5,000, which is around basically what we are, yeah. um, if every church, and there's some churches that we'd say, ah, we don't really want people going there uh, because they compromise on truth, but if every church in Vinton uh, took an equal slice of that 5,000, there'd be 350 people in every church, and we think our church is fairly big in our community. Uh, we're 100 plus shy of shy that, of that. Right. and so that gives you just a vision of how big our mission field is here in small town Vinton. yeah yeah so i, I think you know um we just there's work to be done and and that's why we take the mission so seriously and so the church commits in this covenant relationship to staying on mission all the time so we got like just a little bit of time left. I want to try to squeeze it in. Um, church discipline, because uh, a commitment, a covenant commitment doesn't work without some accountability. And this, maybe we can go into this in another podcast down the road, and I think there'd be a lot of value in the how and the why uh, more deeply. But church discipline is not something we like to talk about yeah. as a church, but it's well, necessary. Brother, I'll tell you, I, I hate church discipline. Um, I hate it. Uh, but uh, it's my job. Yeah. Um, and it's the job of the elders and the staff of the church. And the reason is this, because the glory of Jesus Christ is too valuable. Mm -hmm. The witness of the church is too important. And so there are times that we have to uh, know in part of the covenant community, the covenant commitment that we make to be a part of the church opens us up to, look, if you're living in a way that is actively denying the covenant that you've entered into, then we are going to have to have dialogue about that. And you're yeah. right. Let's, we should talk about that in a future podcast and get into what does that dialogue look like and what's, what's mm -hmm. it all about. But just briefly, the purpose is to restore that person to the right, right relationship with God, to repent of wrongdoing, and to come back into mm -hmm. covenant community because that's where the joy is found. Yeah, and there's, there's people, I have no doubt that from that come to our church who have experienced church discipline in a negative way. Oh, yeah, and, and no. in, a, in an abusive way or in a, in a, a shaming way. And that's which, never which is never, goal. yeah, which is never the goal. The goal is restoration, repentance, and joy in relationship right. with, with Christ and with the body. And so, yeah, I, I would look forward to having that conversation in the future. Yep. So uh, this has just been a, a podcast on understanding what church membership is. Uh, there's probably still a lot of questions. And how do you get plugged in? How do you get there? Um, what does it practically look like? I think we covered a little bit of that. Um, but this Sunday... Um, I'm going to actually get an opportunity to preach on understanding worship biblically. And I think um, one of the, we get so, our personal preferences cloud uh, what worship's really supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to kind of dig into scripture and figure out what does the Bible, what does God really say worship's supposed to be about? Yeah, and that'll be a great add-on to this conversation we've been having about missions. So that'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so we want to thank you guys for joining us. If you made it all the way through the end, uh, we just, we appreciate you guys and, and just want to provide you with more information and more stuff about the church, God, the Bible, and, and really about who you are supposed to be and who you're supposed to be growing into. Absolutely. So thank you guys. Thanks.